Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Gather round your radio, boys and girls. What? It's story time with Brooksy. Well, once upon a time, in a city far, far away, Washington, D.C., Frank Eugene Corder stole a Cessna 150 airplane from an airport in Harford County, Maryland, and he decided he was going to drive it or fly it. To Washington, D.C. <laughs> well, Frank had, uh, he'd had about a 12-pack of beer, snorted some cocaine, smoked a couple crack rocks. <laughs> I'm not kidding, folks. And uh, he was on visual flight rules that night. It was actually September 11th. 1994. I'm serious. September 11th. And, uh, in Frank was looking out of the Cessna 150 that he stole. He was an aircraft mechanic by trade. And he went around the Baltimore Beltway. And then he flew a little bit further south and he saw 495, the DC Beltway. And as he got closer to downtown DC, he saw Connecticut Avenue. So, he was looking down. Oh, there's Connecticut Avenue. And he flew right down Connecticut Avenue. Headed towards the White House. And as he got closer to the White House, he started to come down. A little bit closer to the ground. Come down from the sky, not come down from the No, drugs. come down come down to the ground. <laughs> so he flew down Connecticut Avenue. Connecticut Avenue turned into 17th Street. He was probably about a thousand feet. He got down. He saw the Washington Monument. So he flew around the Washington Monument. And as he flew around the Washington Monument, he was on final approach to the south grounds of the White House. As he was at about 200 feet, he noticed right in front of him a huge jumbotron that was set up on the south grounds of the White House for a welcoming ceremony the next day. So he steered his Cessna 150 right down into the ground. He hit the jogging track of President Clinton, crashed through the magnolia trees, and ended up like a crushed beer can against the White House. Well, I was sound asleep when all this was going on. So I get a call. Because I was the duty agent that night 
I was assigned to the FBI's Joint Terrorism Task Force. And first thing, someone crashes a plane to the White House, what do you think? Well, yeah, it could be an act of terrorism. So I get a call. And we have been told that they were going to be testing the response of our squad and other squads to incidents in and around Washington, D.C. So somebody calls up and I and they uh, hello. And they said, uh, Mr. Brooks, this is so-and-so from SIOC. SIOC is the 24-hour, seven-day-a-week, 365 days a year operations nerve center at FBI headquarters. It's called the Strategic Information Operations Center. And the voice on the other end, other end of the phone said, a plane's just been, has just crashed into the White House. And I said, you're full of crap and hung up. Well, they called back again and it was a buddy of mine who was alone there. And he goes, he goes, Brooksy, a plane has crashed into the White House. So I got up, jumped in my clothes, grabbed my bag, out the door I went, jumped in my cruiser. I did about a 120 going up 95. That thing had a Corvette engine in it, so it was a Z1 Corvette engine in my Chevy Impala. So I get up there, and it looks like a Bruce Willis movie. Helicopters all over the place, so I got up, put my jacket on, and uh, found out well, what, what happened. Well, planes crashed into the White House, and he was. I go up, I look, he's still in the plane. They, I almost said the F word. He really screwed up the magnolia trees. But the first family was actually over at the Blair house across the street, staying there because they were renovating the upstairs. So we worked the crime scene, found out a little more about him through through Maryland State Police and the, our FBI office up in Maryland, got the number, the tail numbers, found out it was stolen, the whole nine yards, as any investigation would go. So the sun was starting to come up. It was a cool September morning. And... Uh, so the head of the Presidential Protection Division at the time, Lou Merletti, who later wound up being director of Secret Service, he, he calls me over because I am in charge of the crime scene and the scene. He says, uh, he goes, Brooksy, the president wants to come down and, and take a look at what's going on. I go, sure, no problem. So President Clinton came down. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, he's came down and. Went over, I gave him a little brief of what's going on. And he said, oh, fantastic. Well, thank you for all the hard work you all do. And we had done a canvas of, of, of used hundreds of Uniform Division Secret Service to canvas the whole south grounds of the White House for any evidence you might have thrown out, any notes, manifestos, whatever, to find out what the motive was. Besides him being drunk and high and on cocaine and everything else. So, a little bit later, Lou Merletti says, uh, calls me over brushing. So I come over. He goes, the first lady wants to come down and take a look. I go, what the hell does she want? President's already been down. So, President, the first lady comes down. Hillary Clinton. That's right. She was the first lady at the time. The first bitch. Um, so... She comes down with some of her strap hangers, and they come, and they, they and there's there's evidence markers all over the South Grounds. You know, the little yellow evidence markers with numbers on them, next to pieces of the plane. So she and her strap hangers, and they come in there. It's like they're walking through a garden, and they start kicking my evidence all over my crime scene. I go, Lou, get them 
the F off of my crime scene. He goes, oh, God, oh, geez. So he goes over, he goes, oh, ma'am. You get it. So she comes over, and I'm, I'm literally standing five feet from her. She goes, when is this effer? Yeah, she's pointing right at me, and all these people going to be off the South Lawn. Hillary Clinton called me an effer. God, I wish I could say it. That's a badge of honor. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Pointed right at me and called me an effer. I looked at Lou Merletti. I go, are you freaking kidding me? And so he, he, she, she is just a nasty, nasty person. But yeah, boys and girls, I got called an effer by then first lady. Hillary, or as I like to call her, Killery Clinton. Yeah, it was it was a wonderful it was a wonderful investigation, wonderful evening, topped off by getting called an effer by the first lady of the United States of America, Hillary Clinton. That's all for Stories with Brooksy for today. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.